0: Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality, with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. On the podcast today, I have Dr. Elizabeth Livingood. She is an Arizona native and offers exceptional in-person and telemed visits, complete lab services, the most advanced injection procedures, and cutting-edge integrative therapies for autoimmunity, chronic pain, and acute care. Her vision at Livingood Health is elevating the health of the community, one family at a time. In addition to her private practice, she serves as a medical advisor for the LDN Research Trust and adjunct faculty at Sonora University. Welcome, Dr. Livingood. Dr. Living Good, thank you for coming by. Hey, I,
1: my pleasure. Yeah, glad this, to be here.
0: This is this is great, and thanks for coming by. Especially, as, this is actually our first time meeting face to face. Yeah, you'd met David before face to face, yes. But we had never, we had never met, so this is. I'm glad that you're able to make it down.
1: It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here.
0: And that really is your name, Living that, Good.
1: That's what I was born with. It's just fate. I had some destiny here to make life good
0: that like I was told somebody I'm like yeah I'm having um having Dr. Living Good on and they're like that's like the practice name right like that's like her like that's the brand and I was like no her last name is honest to goodness it's Living Good yeah and they're like no way mm-hmm. yeah
1: people ask me that all the time and the funny thing was when I first went into private practice I sort of pooled my friends and family like you know branding this and that what should I do they're like how about use your name right really good
0: (laughs) well and yeah because honest and truly like even if you hired associates and you ended up like not practicing anymore living good health is still killer
1: i agree thank (laughs) you for that it's yeah it still works because yeah like
0: if i if i branded this woods physical therapy that doesn't work if i'm not around anymore
1: you might need a new specialty right yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) okay going to men's health (laughs) there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you are a naturopathic medical doctor yes okay and so yeah how did you get into and why did you choose naturopath direction over like medical doctor or D.O.
1: yeah it's a really good question Um, I didn't know I even had a choice when I decided I wanted to be a doctor but as life would have it I went and taught school for ten years so I got a master's in education did some other things. And by the time I was ready to go back to school, I had learned a few things about just living more naturally and how, what can we do to support natural healing? Right. Cause right. our bodies are so resilient. So, um, as I started researching schools and putting in applications, I discovered there was such a thing as an naturopathic medical school. So it was a good fit for me.
0: Wow. So when did you go to, so you had a, a whole other life and career, right? So when, yep. when did you go to medical school?
1: So, yeah, sort of a mid-adult career change, which, not for the faint of heart, that was challenging, but uh, 2011, went back to school, and so medical school, for folks who aren't familiar with naturopathic doctors, it's still four years post back. so it's a four-year doctoral program Mm -hmm. that includes two sets of boards. Um, I happened to get a residency that was really helpful, loved it, so that was five years in the making after my bachelor's and master's
0: degree. So yeah, bachelor's, master's worked and then decided, you know what? Life's not easy. Life's too easy. I'm going to go back to medical school. Yeah. So do you have to pass naturopathic boards and the medical boards? No. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: good question. So we have our own board that governs our exams because what we learn is quite a bit different first two years are the same as conventional medical school and then the next two years we focus more on natural therapies whereas conventional docs have to do things like surgery and cardiology
0: rotations
1: and we're a little we're less heavy on that sort of thing
0: so could you guys i mean essentially could you go on and be a surgeon nope we
1: can do minor surgery which is superficial incisional things
0: gotcha Gotcha, Mm -hmm. gotcha gotcha okay and then do you guys, how much pharmacology, do you guys get similar pharmacology, say, to like your medical doctors? We do.
1: Um, we do get enough to prescribe. So we okay. can prescribe within our scope, which is um, schedule uh, three, four, and five, and a little bit of schedule two. Um, I, I would say we don't get as much in terms of that's not our focus when we go on our rotations. For we, sure. We want to practice the stuff we learned, right? Like
0: yeah.
1: acupuncture, physical medicine, All that good stuff. Nutrition.
0: Yeah. 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 No, and I've I've actually, it's been interesting because I have gone back and forth at various times in my life. Like I've worked with naturopaths before and then like any industry, I felt like I wasn't getting what I needed from that. And then I went back to the medical doctor route, but then I was like, all they want to do was push pills and not talk lifestyle changes. And so I'm back kind of more towards the, the naturopathic holistic, Mm -hmm. the holistic route because yeah, I just feel like. I think we are at least in this country we are way too too reactionary, too quick. We have reactionary medicine right right we don't i don't like we don't have health care we've got sick care absolutely you're sick here's there's a pill for that mm-hmm. and nobody wants to talk about lifestyle changes, nobody wants to talk about yeah diet Nutrition. sleep stress, those kinds of things,
1: yeah. I want to point out that my practice is called integrative primary mm. care. And to me, this is the ideal. And you'll find doctors on the whole spectrum. You're going to have MDs that are fully for sure. conventional, you're going to have naturopaths that just want to give you a gemstone for everything. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm integrative and I can prescribe and I do prescribe all the time, but I'm always trying to address everything else that matters, right? For sure. Sleep, food, movement. Yeah. Um and if they want to wear a rose quartz, that's awesome too.
0: Yeah. No, that yeah, for sure. <laughs> I look I look, if if something works, it works, right? Yeah. Like I don't yeah. I I generally am a little more like, hey, I wanna see the I wanna see a double blind controlled study on that but again yeah belief also plays a huge role in whether or not somebody actually will get better
1: there's a reason we have to account for the placebo right
0: right well and even not even just the placebo but like i have people who will come in and if they have a negative belief system around what we're about to do mm-hmm. no amount of actual what i'm going to do that really is scientifically backed and has mm-hmm. real validity to it it's not going to work the same way as somebody who comes in and is all in believing that they can get
1: better. Yeah, you're spot on. You've almost quoted um, an oncologist saying that. So oh. that is true across the paradigms. Yeah, for yeah, sure.
0: Awesome. And so, integrative, like, so what is your, do you have a specific area of focus?
1: I do, yeah. Personally, a bulk of my practice is with autoimmune conditions. Okay. And then what comes with that, of course, is chronic pain for most people. For sure and those two have led me down my research bunny holes cuz i also like to back up everything i do with research i want to know it's going to work For i sure. don't i mean there is an art to medicine but mm-hmm. um when i tell patients in fact i did that this week with a bpc 157 injection yeah and i have used it a bunch and i know how it works i know what it does i just hadn't applied it to this particular type of injury this person had in fact um What injury are you talking about? We're calling it a a post-vaccine injury. Okay. And it was muscular and neurological. And I thought, well, BPC works on that. BPC works on musculoskeletal injuries. For sure. Let's try it. And I told her that. I was honest. Like, here's what it does. I haven't used it for post-vaccine injury, but your symptoms match. Let's give it a whirl. Why not? Yeah. So we'll see. It ain't
0: going to hurt. It's
1: not going to hurt. <laughs> like I, I mean, maybe the needle will hurt, <laughs> right? But like
0: BPC one fifty seven is not going to, you nope. know what I mean? Not going to be problematic. So yeah. what? What was she had Like what was kind of going? If you don't mind, like you don't sure. have to tell me anything about the, who the, she is. Yeah. But what was going on with the patient?
1: Yeah, it's we're cord- uh, correlating it with the post vaccine injury because of the timeline. That's sure. really all we've got, and there was nothing else. There's no injury. There's no trauma. There's you know her orthopedics are basically range of motion and pain um her muscle testing you know was supraspinatus infraspinatus she did have some trigger points back there and we're Mm -hmm. talking about the muscles around the scapula there the shoulder blade but um it was all in line with after her vaccine to that exact site gotcha in that arm so um We'd done a little bit of work that addressed some of her other issues. She did have other symptoms that came up after that. Yeah. And those had started getting better with what we were doing. But this particular site mm-hmm. didn't improve. So we're we on to peptides. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. What
0: were some of the other... Did I get from, I'm just fascinated. Mm. Was, this, was this the mRNA COVID right. vaccine? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what were some of her other symptoms?
1: She had hair loss, severe brain fog severe fatigue and those actually got a lot better really yeah they've improved with what we've been doing
0: cool so outside of bpc 157 what else have you guys been
1: yeah so my cornerstones for uh post vaccine which is very similar to the long covid symptoms is going to be low dose naltrexone Okay. Uh, possibly another round of ivermectin to help pull the rest of the spike proteins out of there. Gotcha. We've got medicinal mushrooms, which are really great for brain fog.
0: Now, are you able to get? I mean, do you, you get in hassle from pharmacies for prescribing ivermectin?
1: No, I've got my sources. Good. So it
0: has to be custom compounded. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then uh, medicinal mushrooms, not not magic mushrooms, right? Okay. Or
1: I've also had people say, "Oh, I really don't like eating mushrooms." <laughs> I'm like, "You're not going to find these in the grocery store."
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So the mushrooms, um, ivermectin,
1: mm-hmm. low dose naltrexone.
0: Okay, what is that? I don't know.
1: Yeah, naltrexone is a regular pharmaceutical drug used at higher strengths to help people step down off of Various um, opioids and things oh, like that, okay. uh, you know, other like really usually illegal drugs, but um, at micro doses, and I'm talking a tenth uh, or less of what they normally use, it has a different effect. Interesting. It's anti inflammatory. It caps our own endorphin system. Okay. So it sends a little brief signal that we need more endorphins. And what hmm. does that do? It makes us feel better, right? For sure. So we're feeling good, our mood's better, our energy's better. And as you probably know our endorphin system and our opioids also help modulate our immune system. Mm-hmm. So our immune system gets better and not in a way that drives it down like steroids or drives it up like allergies, but modulates it. Interesting. So now we have a proper response to viruses, vaccines, whatever.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Now with that, well, I guess you and know, I, yeah, I'm thinking inflammatory response is not necessarily the same thing as immune response, but
1: yeah, it's you know same class. You want it to be a proper response, for the sure. right level.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like w- w- at least a lot of the rehab sports world is moving away from ice, right? Because we're trying, we don't want yes. to, we don't yeah. want to stop or slow down like swelling like inflammation is not necessarily bad it's uncontrolled right and right. there are other ways to control that like we talked about where you can use the h wave or i think therabody has the power dot but ways to get non-fatiguing muscle contraction to stimulate the lymphatic system decongest tissue so that you have an appropriate inflammatory response to help heal yes. while not slowing down that metabolic catabolic and anabolic process yeah
1: i'm really glad to hear that that ice is finally getting the disrespect it deserves in these situations i forgot
0: who the guy was who came up with that whole i forgot what his name was um he came up with rice rice ice compression elevate yeah uh did did he retract he's 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 recanting sweet yeah good he's like i wish i would have never oh gabe merkin
1: okay, yeah. thanks, Gabe. Good yeah. job, yeah, so
0: he's like kind of going uh yeah no this is not this is not the way to do this um we are still using like compression um mm-hmm. more like in the form of either like the normatech like compression boots or we'll be u- like use just even just people used to do' mm-hmm. like with a rubber like cut a a bicycle tire down the middle, but we'll use like a heavy latex band and mm-hmm. like Let's say I've got some inflammation in my elbow and it hurts. I'm trying to get back on the barbell. Man, I'll wrap that thing up super tight, like eight out of 10, up and down, and then actually like move in all these different positions to get the, the fascia to slide and glide better. But also, you know, as uh, we talked about, Kelly Storette likes to say, right, taking out the garbage and letting bring it in groceries. Yes. So compression, I love that. Moving, moving garbage out and bringing groceries in. But, Do
1: you see a place for like rock tape, K tape, or is that not strong enough?
0: Uh, as far as like to help, yeah, it can help with some of the edema stuff. Right. Um, you know, I'll use it like for sprained ankles and things like that. Mm -hmm. If they've had like this overwhelming swelling response, but hopefully we got to it earlier than that and added more compression and got them to muscle pump and do all that stuff. But like, um, especially like with people with lymphedema or big, those kind of responses, you can use KT tape or rock tape, Mm -hmm. but not in the same, not really a compression way it's actually almost little to no stretch on the tape oh interesting to create more of like a vacuum negative back pressure to help stimulate right to just get enough lift Mm. on this on the skin and the things around it to create some pressure to get things moving again
1: beautiful kind of like cupping Uh in chinese medicine
0: yeah but we use um but yeah but there also is a place for like kt tape i've taped up a couple athletes at a comp A little while ago they were having some shoulder stuff going on and they needed to get back in there so we threw some kt tape on or we use rock tape but threw some of that stuff on i had to move around do a couple things like yeah that feels a bit better and i can probably get through this next this Mm -hmm. next comp right so
1: maybe for stability things Mm -hmm.
0: like that yeah a little bit sun and and the way it stretches and works you can use it to help facilitate activation or promote like inhibition or whatever you're really trying to do with it but outside of that um again it's a it's a tool Mm -hmm. But, but a lot of times people look at some of this stuff as the, as the answer, right? I'll have people and I'm sure you have people who are like, Hey, I just need to get some testosterone, right? Or I need some thyroid medication. I'll be fine. It's like, no. Yeah. The thyroid is, is a problem, but it's a problem only in so much that diet, exercise, Sleep. Food, food sensitivities, yeah. whatever the
1: trigger was. Leaky,
0: leaky gut. Like I know right. my, like my Hashimoto seems to be a leaky gut problem. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm trying to fix that with more of an elimination diet, trying to do some things there, working on, I do take armor right now, mm-hmm. but trying to get some of that stuff, other lifestyle things under control.
1: You a big fan of supplements?
0: Yeah. So I've, I'm doing L-glutamine. Nice. Um is it some, well something butyrate whats well, the first part butyric acid
1: uh, or butyrate
0: it's something before that though I forgot what it was something butyrate oh gosh it's going to kill me now anyway l maybe yeah it might be l butyrate but yeah what else you got what other supplements oh. would you recommend
1: so i I am a big fan of herbs I've gone on um, butyrate sodium is l. That what it is mm. I don't know so, acid yeah. acids, my go-to. It's the same. It's the same family, right? It's just whether it has the. It is sodium butyrate hydroxy on mm-hmm. the end. Um, yeah. So herbs, I'm a big fan of herbs. Yeah. And I didn't use them for a while because I didn't see that they were making a big impact. But here's what I learned: herbs are gentle. And Mm -hmm. when you want them to shift something, you got to go big or go home. It's high dose all day. Okay. Yeah. So once I started dosing like that, I started to see impact, but it still has to be
0: And so what kind of herbs were you thinking?
1: For gut healing, Mm -hmm. marshmallow, not the candy. Oh, I was like, marshmallow. I'm pretty (laughs) sure that's how I might have gotten into this situation in the
0: first place.
1: Um, Althea. Althea is the scientific name. Um, we've got aloe vera, which is abundant around here right. in Arizona. Um, you've got cat's claw. You've got um, even licorice to some degree, depending on what the issue is. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. Got a lot of good helpers in the plant family.
0: So, so this is... Okay, so here's something that I... And we all... And I know I've seen it, right? Like, fads come and go. Um, you know, in the early... Gosh, late, late aughts, early 2010s, paleo was all the rage, right? Like, paleo was a big freaking deal. Mm-hmm. And then it became, keto was the next, like, big thing, right? And then there was, like, people were like, hey, no, Mediterranean diet. And then now you've got, like, uh, Dr. Is it Saladino? What's his name? Anyway, he's like carnivore is the way to go. Yeah. And animal-based, right? So, like, what is, he's uh carnivore MD 2.0. What is his Um, but his whole thing, like he'll do go through and do this whole thing. Like is kale. He's like, kale's bullshit. He's like all plants. (laughs) Basically. He's like, there's never a reason to eat vegetables or plants. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like this guy. Oh yeah. Paul Saladino. This guy right here. Good memory. So animal, he basically meat, organs, fruit, honey, raw dairy. That's it.
1: Why would he eat fruit? That comes from a plant.
0: So fruit, he's like his, the, the, what he is saying is that fruit actually wants to be eaten.
1: True. Fruit, it's the yes, seed. fruit
0: wants to be eaten and wants to pass the seeds around. Plants like kale, other vegetables don't want to be eaten. And so they have garbage in them that like, uh, yeah, we'll have to go back through this, but he's, yeah, basically talking about that. They have, oh, what is the stuff that he says they have in them?
1: Here's the thing. I don't think the animals want to get eaten either.
0: Yeah, but, he, but he's like, that's the stuff's good for, I don't know. Yeah. So his, that's his thing. He's like, oh, three things harming, yeah. He's got all these things where he basically goes through and says, this is, this is how you should eat it, right? Like seed oils, get rid of that crap, get rid of this stuff. And so it's interesting, right? Cause, and then you got guys like, now he's a psychologist. Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's had all kinds of autoimmune disorder, all kinds of other stuff going on, and he went straight up meat and organs only. Really? And he's like, I have never felt better in my life.
1: Now, I have heard that. I do have strict carnivore patients, and that is across the board. They do say that. And I think that is interesting. I think that has to do with think about the calorie content you're getting. You're getting like pure protein pretty much and fat like you're gonna you're gonna have some energy i kind of get that but yeah you're missing a lot of minerals that are not contained in animal meat or products so Mm -hmm. i'm not a big fan of anything that's super extreme And like you said trendy um because you know what was it 10 15 i don't know 20 years ago not fat vegetarian Uh. (laughs) i mean they're both vegan and carnivore like two extremes right right
0: vegetarians are their weird cousins. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Look, yeah. I have more power to people who can go all plant-based, and I'm sure there's a reason for some people to do it, but Here's I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna do it
1: the reason these things are trendy right is because there are pros to each of them There's sure. some benefit. There's some new discovery of yeah. hey look at the benefits here And this works and sure enough when you focus on that and you do it like yeah, that works Hey, yeah. I feel better on a carnivore. Well, what did you stop eating? You stopped eating a bunch of bread You yep. stopped eating sugar. You stopped a lot of stuff that probably made you feel like crap Right, And that's probably the way with most diets. So when someone makes a big shift and a big change, it's usually for the better. Like no one says, well, except that one guy that made the movie about... Oh, uh, Super Size Me? Yes, except for him. No one says, I'm going to go see how bad I can eat for the next one.
0: It's been a minute since (laughs) I've had like fast food. Yep, um, me too. Because I've been trying to, with the Hashimoto's thing and also... um, Trying to cut some, trying to cut some some libbies. Okay. Uh, and yeah, no, I was I was <laughs> a month ago, I was two, I was a toddler away from three hundred. Wow. Yeah, I mean I'm two sixty right now. Um, you know, two twenty is kind of where I like to live. Yeah, kind of.
1: So it depends on your if you're training for a competition, if you're building muscle mass, right? Yeah, and
0: I've always just been. I, I used to believe that when people were like, oh, I'm just big boned. I was like, yeah, you just you're just heavy. You're just right. But that's the thing, especially when I saw a picture. It uh, is. My younger brother and I. Okay. So he got more of my dad's side of family jeans. I got my mom's short, squatty French side of the jeans. And we have a picture where we're standing side by side. We look at this picture. We probably could be twins. Right. Like we look that much alike and we're that similar in size. He is 20 pounds lighter Ah, than I am.
1: In that picture? In that picture. Interesting. So
0: anytime, if we ever look the same size, it's almost guaranteed he's 20 pounds lighter than I am.
1: Because your stockier muscle weighs more. I, well, it's... And I've
0: got denser, like even like our mm-hmm. wrist circumferences are different. Like.
1: Yeah, that's a real thing. And
0: talking with somebody, uh, not to harp on, but you know, somebody I know had a, they went and had a knee replacement, right? Mm-hmm. They had to change out, I think, the saw twice. Wow. Because of this guy's bone density. Wow. Yeah. So, like, yeah, bo- bo- big bones and dense bones is a thing.
1: That is a real thing. Well, we know what happens when you don't have enough density in your bones, right? Yeah. Osteoporosis. So, yeah, I'm sure it can go the other way as well.
0: Yeah. But um, but back to the food. it like, super interesting. Mm. You're seeing tons of, I mean, fertility rates are... Way down mm-hmm. Like Especially male Fertility rates Are way down um, Testosterone levels Are like Lower than They've ever been For guys Earlier than They've ever been Right Like I mean Case in point Now mine I think Was a direct result Of head trauma Repeated head trauma I've had like Six concussions. eight concussions
1: mm-hmm. Alright
0: <laughs> And they tried me They tried to give me A Clomid
1: mm-hmm. so,
0: And it didn't work Like Okay and so they're like, yeah, I think your brain might be a little... I think we might yeah, have.
1: you're not getting the signal from the yeah, brain.
0: Yeah, they're like, I think we may... I think you may have like a problem there. Yeah. But um, but we're seeing guys, you know, late 20s, early 30s. with wow. n- With numbers down between 100 and 300.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, and you know what's sad about the range is it includes every male person. So from you know prepubescent boys to 90-year-old men that's what's included in that range yeah i think
0: it's like 300 to 1000 is yeah. the range for like normal
1: right and so when you're in the peak of your young adulthood you know mid adulthood you should not be near the bottom anywhere near the bottom
0: no i was 20 what was it 29 30 and i had numbers of 110
1: yeah that must have felt miserable
0: oh yeah it was awful and i and what's even funny is when i finally got on trt people um, we're like oh so you like You like a roid rage now bro You're right. like super angry all the time I'm like actually I've never been more calm in my life I've actually never been more patient Interesting I'm like I was so irritable So moody
1: You were menopausal
0: I was I Like yeah I was menopausal or <laughs> andropausal Whatever but like It was awful And like my mental Just my mental health Like I could sleep When I was that low I could sleep 10 hours Right, and, yeah. And and wake up and feel like I hadn't slept at all.
1: Yeah, it's miserable. It's a real deal and it's miserable. So
0: what do you think is driving that?
1: So. I
0: mean, from a, yeah.
1: Yeah, just so I'm going to real dig deep in my naturopathic toolkit here. But we know for sure. That our environment is filled with what's called xenoestrogens and hormone disruptors. Okay. Those are going to disrupt all types of hormones, not just the estrogens. And where do you find those? So that's going to be in our drinking water, municipal water, which hopefully no one is still drinking tap water, but it does happen and, you know, whatever, maybe sometimes we have to, but um, that is a problem. It's in obviously plastics. It's in a ton of our skincare, house care, chemicals, things that we are bathed in. Think yeah. about it. We put it all over our skin. It's all over our clothes. So, what changed with tap water?
0: Because, what yeah, like I feel like what changed with tap water? Because, right, like mm-hmm. my grandpa and those guys, like the, the greatest generation. Yes. Those were men. Mm, yes. Do you know what I mean? Drinking out of the hose. Yeah, those were men drinking <laughs> out of the hose. They built the Eiffel Tower out of bron- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like those guys went to World War II. Those guys populated like the baby they populated the baby boomers, right? Yeah. Like clearly not a, not a testosterone fertility problem.
1: Absolutely. So what changed? So one thing is a lot of um Prescriptions. Think about the level of prescriptions now in our world compared to back then. There's way, way, way more numbers and types, uh-huh. and w- they get dumped into our water system.
0: Okay. That makes a little more sense for me. Yeah. yeah
1: that's a biggie. Um, industry, anything that's plastic, anything that's waste, it gets also dumped, whether it's in our landfills or our water, yeah. and that stuff leaches into our um, soil that grows our food and our water that we drink. Okay. So, EMFs is another one. Um, This also might sound a little woo-woo, but I got on to this. I'm here for it. Okay. I am probably the only nerd who ever read the fine print when I got a new phone. Got a new iPhone. Mm-hmm. Read the fine print.
0: So they say don't hold it like six inches from your chest or something like that. Yeah,
1: they know that. They know. Like it just
0: that actually just came out that like i like Apple was like yeah you shouldn't hold this thing closer like six. It's, it's ten inches. Is it ten inches? Like so you should always be like arms. If you're gonna use this thing, it should be like arms length. And throw it in like a Faraday bag, and yes,
1: I dude, I went and got one of those plat or not plastic, obviously one of those whatever you call them the Faraday, Faraday bags. bag. Yeah, yeah. Put it over my Wi-Fi. I mean, they know it, and it's buried in fine print that no one is gonna read. Yeah, they know it causes fertility issues. They know it causes cancer.
0: So yeah, guys carrying around basically radioactive ice. in their pockets, right next to their boys.
1: Yep, killing the little swimmers. Hundred percent. It's
0: terrible. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, yeah. And because, yeah, I've also heard that like the microplastics, right? Those, uh, what do you call them? Xenoestrogens or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those, do those, like, does that stuff ever leave your body? Like, does so, your body process that stuff?
1: That's a great question. So, um, detox is an environmental detox, is some people's areas of expertise. I don't do heavy-duty chelation in my office, but if it gets to the point where your body's toxic load is so high that you're constantly ill, then that probably needs some more in-depth detox. It is possible. It's totally possible. One of the prime examples is another new illness from our industry, which is um, breast implant illness. It epitomizes what you're talking about, which is toxins inside our body are causing illness. Yeah.
0: Um, It's crazy. Um, We're going to have her on actually to talk about it, but I know somebody really well that had the similar thing. She had breast implant illness. It was crazy. Like her face before surgery, Mm -hmm. like she took a picture of her face before surgery. She took a picture of her face after having like hours after having them removed already Night and day difference. Wow, that gives me like, goosebumps. It was, it was, it was wild. Yeah, and and so yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah, and so yeah, it's. And what's hard, right, is because we've had more people than ever before. We've got to produce. Now, I'm not advocating for getting rid of people, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> do you know what I mean. That's not the solution here. Good little caveat there, right? But like. We've got more people than ever before. We've got more people on this earth than ever before. And so we have to produce more, more than ever before. Right. And it's really hard to do that without, uh, is it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe that's just the lie I've been told, right? But it seems like it's really hard to do that, one, cost-effectively and, and on a, that scale mm-hmm. if you're not changing or altering the food in some way
1: it's probably true that's why we've got gmos that's why we've got animals filled with antibiotics and hormones and those are hormone disruptors right so the gmo also is a disruptor it will change our own dna it's pretty wild
0: interesting
1: yeah so it is a problem and I think it's a problem. That's how the food industry has solved it. But we as individuals are not the food industry. We still get to decide what we put in our mouth for sure. And I loved what happened during COVID that people decided to get into gardening and grow their own food. We can do that to some degree, raise their
0: own chickens, right? Yeah. It's
1: totally possible. Um, probably takes a little more time effort, you know, you maybe find some people to co-op with, so you don't have to do it all yourself. I don't even do all that, but I'm just saying there's options out there. For sure. And especially when your health is on the line.
0: Yeah. My brother actually lives in a neighborhood where, um, somebody in the neighborhood has just a piece of property with no house on it. Um, but they have a cow now on there and they've got chicken and all kinds of stuff, but the neighborhood kind of all pitch in for the maintenance of the cow. Wow. And then everybody gets a, depending on how much they pitch in, then they get a a milking schedule. Okay. And so everybody gets raw dairy if they want it.
1: And it's so delicious. Oh, it's so good. So different.
0: It is so good. Well, even I was talking with some, I think it was Dr. Stone the other day, we were talking about like, have you looked, have you ever actually put grass-fed, grass-finished beef or ground beef or a steak next to regular corn-fed, corn-finished or soy, whatever, the color difference? Yes. It is cra- Like I, think I was telling her, I, I, I was like, the first time I ever had grass-fed, grass-finished beef, I was like, this is gross. Really? I was like, this tastes, this does, I was like, the meat's bad. Like, it's gone bad. Oh. Like.
1: <laughs> because it tasted just so different? Because it
0: tasted so different. Wow. Man, now I prefer it. Good. But like, yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. But it was just, it was so crazy that that's like what we've become accustomed to it had a more kind of gamey earthy mm. taste right gotcha. yeah like, but now it's like i prefer it. it's tasted like you know it's like if you've ever had venison or elk right like mm-hmm. that's a different that's a different flavor than right than like regular just beef and then bison they don't feed bison corn no do you know what i mean you like, know what they won't eat it really <laughs>
1: they'll probably refuse it they probably would <laughs> Yeah, fish is the same way and actually it's not just visual or flavor but the nutritional content is different. Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah. Yeah, way different. Oh, I was just seeing if I could pull this up but while we're just still yeah. talking. Um and so I so food is huge and I think a lot of people's problems and you probably I mean, how often is, is diet is is food choice something that basically everybody that walks into your office you talk with about?
1: Yes. I have sections in my treatment plan. One is prescriptions. One is supplements. One is food as medicine. Right. That's what I call it. Yeah. And then I also have a section that's homework. Like, what are you going to do when you leave the office?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So food as medicine. Yes. Now, do you, does, does everybody more or less get similar recommendation? Or are there people who you're like, ah, oh, you probably don't need much...
1: Yeah, my, wow, my patient base is all over the place. I'll have a super complicated patient that's been to every doctor and Mayo and nobody knows what's going on. And then I'll have a patient who's like, yeah, I'm just, I need to establish and, you know, nothing's really wrong. I just want to stay super healthy and optimize my health. I'm like, cool, (laughs) got you covered. They're going to get obviously completely different treatment plans. For sure. But it's, um, no, every patient will get a very unique treatment plan from me.
0: Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of looking through your page. So you, I'd like to go back to the autoimmune thing. Okay. Because at least for me, I didn't. Well, I didn't always have Hashimoto's. Yep. Right, but Hashimoto's not an immune disorder. I know somebody else who. Um, she does actually breath work now. We had her on the podcast, Shannon Sperber is her name, but she does um, somatic breath work facilitation and stuff. She's actually, used to be a PT, but now this is what she does full time. Wow. Um, But she, you know, on our kind of conversation, she was saying that like it was the breath work that allowed her, didn't heal her autoimmune disorder, but like basically she was able to access the fact that yes, this can be different, right? So she was able to do that, but she wasn't born with an autoimmune disorder. Mm -hmm. I wasn't born with an autoimmune. This seems like something that develops. Am I, am I right? I mean, yes. For the most part, unless it's something like rheumatoid arthritis or like...
1: No, even that. Oh. I, I hesitate to say always in medicine, but autoimmunity almost always is going to be something that develops. You may have a propensity for it or gotcha. a genetic predisposition, but it's going to develop because of certain triggers that happened.
0: Okay. Um, so, I mean, are you saying that then possibly autoimmune disorders can be prevented?
1: Yes, I believe that. Okay, I do. The trick is there's no way to measure that because we can't predict were you going to have an autoimmune condition. Right, we don't know because right. it's. I call it the perfect storm. Usually, there does need to be some sort of genetic marker, which we could. It's possible you could go run a bunch of genetic markers. That's really expensive, but For sure. you could do that and then you know follow this group of people and see if they do or don't develop those autoimmune conditions that as, are associated. with those but um for the rest of us who aren't going to do that right yeah it's about keeping your immune system as we talked about earlier having an appropriate response not underreacting not overreacting sure um, because that's what autoimmunity is it's the immune system turning on itself
0: now do you have a series of like do you have an autoimmune greatest hits list like i see these three or these five Mm -hmm. the most
1: Yes, definitely. I see a lot of lupus. I see a lot of RA, a lot of Hashimoto's. Um, Those definitely are the heavy hitters. Uh, Some IBD, ulcerative colitis Mm. or Crohn's. Okay. Those are autoimmune. Um, Type 1 diabetes. Oh. Autoimmune.
0: Is it? Yeah. Really? I've never even thought about it as an autoimmune disorder.
1: Yeah, the body is attacking its own pancreas.
0: So how do you fix that's interesting yeah
1: that's a tough one
0: have you i mean have you seen it turn around
1: um i've never seen that reversed
0: okay that was the word i was looking for yeah
1: (laughs) but turn around you know a turn around to me is also an improvement your life was miserable it's out of control this for sure you know can we can turn that around it can be better managed people can take less medicine i've seen that happen um
0: yeah, cause my only, like with lupus, my only association with lupus is on house where it's like, oh, and as they're walking out the door, he's like, and check for lupus. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, it, like it rattle off everything that's total, and then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, check for lupus. Like, <laughs> yeah, apparently it can be everything.
1: Yeah, lupus is like the catch bag of everything, unfortunately. So yeah, it, yeah, there are, it can attack any system in your body. There are eleven specified criteria, and you need four to be diagnosed. So think about that. It's mix and match any of these, gotcha. and you're, it's possibly lupus.
0: Now, have you have you ever seen people reverse their lupus?
1: Yeah. Again, I hesitate to say reverse because they're always going to have those antibodies to some degree. Okay. But I have seen antibodies come down, like from thousands to just a little bit high, just a few hundred, you know, gotcha. things like that. So
0: it. So is that I mean? I guess it's fair to say with most autoimmune disorders, then maybe reverse or cure is the wrong word, and more lessen, manage, remission.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say that you could possibly put some of these into remission. So, for example, if a person with rheumatoid arthritis has it so well controlled that they don't get flares anymore, yeah, okay, that's good. Um, I've seen the same thing happen with MS which is can be a tricky one um and then psoriasis is Mm. another biggie
0: okay yeah so i guess maybe maybe the question that i'm actually asking and not realizing that i'm asking until just now like hashimoto's is that something that like can basically like all right cool i don't need to take thyroid medication anymore i don't need to it's possible
1: okay it really is Brig. um it's challenging i think and it does really depend on what a person does from meal to meal from day to day so much of it depends on what happens outside the doctor's office for sure and that's the opposite of the person you were describing you know in a previous conversation that they want to come to the doctor and have them fix them for sure what pills do you have for that right (laughs) so it's possible but it's a lot of work
0: yeah yeah and so everybody you know you work with gets their own customized plan Mm -hmm. diet so diet is obviously a big thing supplements
1: I do use a fair amount of supplements yep. medication
0: if necessary As an ed- yep. and then what are some of the other things that maybe you do that might we might consider unorthodox Ooh. or not Western
1: some of the woo-woo stuff
0: yeah why not yeah. all right and, and 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 why I guess is okay the other, right like yeah what's what's behind it
1: okay the first thing that comes to my mind this was recent It's not that strange when you think about it, but this was a person who had had um, some like tearing. Her eyes were running constantly all day for months. I think it had been months, maybe a year, long, long time. That would be maddening. Exactly. And not only that, you know, puffy face. I looked in her ears like clearly she's fighting something. It's all red and inflamed. And had been to multiple doctors, multiple rounds of antibiotics. Nothing touched it at all. Worked up for autoimmunity. Um, I said, why don't you just lay on the table while you're here and I'll have my medical assistant give you some lymphatic drainage. Okay. Lymphatic drainage. She was better instantly. Really? She came back a few days later, had it done again, and the, the benefits just kept going and going and going. Within less than two weeks she went to a family event didn't tell anybody like what was going on and they commented to her you're not wiping your eyes what's happening what'd you do lymphatic
0: like so yeah. we, we learn is it sam i'm assuming it's probably the same thing i learned in pt school like lymph massage right limp.
1: yeah it's a little different from the massage i think if you learned it really deep nope it's not okay good so it's we the superficial the like, one like
0: legit like like my teacher was like you're pushing too hard yes you're pushing that one and i'm like Apparently she goes, You're still pushing too
1: hard. That one. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so that, so that is the same principle behind the KT tape.
1: Okay.
0: We, like you want to apply it so
1: yeah. lightly. hmm But this this addresses the whole lymphatic well, yeah, yeah. system. No, for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. No. No. One hundred percent. But like that principle of that's mm-hmm. how light when light. we're using like rock tape or KT tape for like swelling edema. Okay. Yeah. It's it's no stretch, hardly like almost none. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. But, See, and
1: I wouldn't have thought of that, but but so so that's cool.
0: so lymph fat. Okay, so I mean, well, let's rework this back, right? Then. Okay. So she was tearing up. She's obviously got some sort of infection. So she's obviously got some level of inflammation. Where is that inflammation? I mean, what, what's causing that? Why is her lymph fat? Like, I'm just like, what's going on here?
1: I had no idea. But I, but all <laughs> of a sudden, her lymphatic
0: system starts moving, starts decongesting, and moving stuff. Yep. And it's no longer coming out of her eyes anymore. There you go. That, that was so it. so wild.
1: Yeah. And her next visit, like, if this didn't help, because this was totally on a whim, I'm like, hey, while you're here, I buzz in there and ask my right. assistant, hey, do you have time to treat her real quick? Yeah. <laughs> totally, like, last minute add-on. And um, it just happened to work. If it didn't, I have this really great specialty lab that I was going to send in a swab, like, swab all of her orifices and, like, say, what's in this
0: stuff? Right. But so, okay. So, you say it's on a whim, right? And I And I get that, right? But, like... I've had things where I've like, I've got a hunch, right? But there was a, there was clinical reasoning yeah. behind the hunch. Of course. So yeah. what was the clinical, like, where, why on earth were you like, because you weren't just trying to, to get another, bill another service. I know that. Right. right. Like, I've spent enough time with you now that I'm like, that wasn't you. Right. So what prompted the, you know what? Huh. Mm-hmm. It just might, it just like, what prompted? This is the part of the movie where, like, <laughs> the doctor goes, it just might be crazy enough to work. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> so what prompted that? Like, what was yeah. the, yeah, what, what, yeah.
1: You know, I love it when a patient hit Stop saying
0: what's prompted that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when, the, when a patient has already been to multiple other doctors, I love that. They've done half my work for me. They've had the workup. They've tried the antibiotics. I mean, not great for the patient because they've done a bunch of stuff that doesn't work. Sure. But I knew she, like you said, had some inflammation. She was fighting something off. Yeah. I did take the time to look in her ears. Not every doctor did that, she told me.
0: Really? Yep. You got stuff coming out of your eyes and nobody's going to look in your ears? Right. Did oh,
1: she, no, she actually Did told she go see me, an ENT? Yes, they told her that the ears and the eyes were not connected.
0: It literally is. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So The ENT told her that? I believe so. Golly. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I did my due diligence, you know, physical exam. Um, So knowing she's got inflammation, she's fighting something off. It's not bacterial. The antibiotics didn't work. She doesn't have a fever. It's not that um, clearly she's swollen. Things yeah. aren't draining. Okay. What do I have in my toolbox? Gotcha. Lymphatic drainage. I've got that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that, okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Then.
1: Yeah.
0: Fascinating. <laughs> so, okay. So lymphatic drainage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell me about this guy. Cause that's kind of how I, that's how you popped up on my radar was David had a, a client that he was working with who was in stage three or four.
1: Uh, It ended up being stage four.
0: So stage four liver failure.
1: Yes. Full on cirrhosis.
0: Okay. So like stage four cirrhosis, normal conventional treatment for that level of liver failure would like conventional Western medicine would be
1: transplant.
0: Oh, for real. Yeah. Like they were going to put, they wanted to put them on the transplant list.
1: I actually called the transplant doctor. I was getting geared up for that in case what I did didn't work.
0: So what did you do? So yeah, this is this is where I was like when David told me this, I was like okay. I got, I got to meet, I got to meet this, this wizard. Like I got to meet this person. Cause this is this border that it, it borders on. It, it was miraculous is what it was. Right. It, like,
1: it, it was, we were thrilled. I have to say, I mean, I just, of course you're just thrilled when your patients have such good results, but he was diligent too. So, you, you know, like I said, you give them it's a relationship. Absolutely. And I have the knowledge and some ideas, but the patient is always the one who has to implement the treatment plan. 100%. So great patient Um, of course there were food restrictions. This person wasn't a big drinker anyway, but I mean, you've got to dial that in tight, no toxins to the liver whatsoever. No Tylenol, no nothing that's going to bother the liver. Yeah.
0: No Tylenol, no booze, no nothing.
1: And then in addition to that, so it's what not to eat, but also what to eat. So there's some great things that actually help heal the liver. Um, Beets, artichokes, asparagus, garlic, parsley, cilantro, all the cruciferous vegetables, Mm. green tea, Mm -hmm. load up on it. Okay. In addition, I gave him some herbal support. So, this was another thing that kind of helped me, uh, renewed my faith in plant medicine that it's like this does work. You just have to high dose it and be consistent. Mm -hmm. And it, um, you know, so it supports the function of the liver cells so they actually start working better okay now what I, was
0: the what was the plant
1: oh it's always a combo okay. i would never do a single for that
0: what did you do do, you, do you, or do you feel like if i say it out here people are going to start trying to figure it out and do their own thing and yeah. might might end up Oh themselves.
1: yeah I see I that's always a good caveat I think we're supposed to insert this somewhere that this is not medical advice for you this is an no, example this is this is
0: an example and if and if <laughs> yeah you, and if you are dealing with this sort of thing then go see a professional there you go go see go go see Dr. Lisbon yeah good.
1: yeah so um you know so plant medicine um dandelion good old dandelions really nettles yeah uh milk thistle that's a cornerstone okay there are a lot of eastern herbs that are good, too. Sure. Um, Bupleurum, peony, skullcap, some different things like that. Um, I gave him high-dose NAC, N-acetylcysteine. Okay. So that's extremely important. That's an antioxidant. Um
0: Is that similar family to like, I don't know, NAD? I've just heard about NAD. No,
1: but that's a fun topic.
0: Okay. We'll we'll go back to that. But let's talk about NAC. So NAC.
1: Yeah. N-acetylcysteine. It's um, in and of itself, it has some antioxidant value. It's Mm anti-inflammatory, anti-mucolytic. So it's great for your lungs as well. But it's also a precursor to glutathione, which is our Mm. mother antioxidant. Okay. So super helpful. Has an affinity for the liver as well as the respiratory tract in terms of healing it up. So cool. that was probably a cornerstone as well. Um, probably a few other goodies and supplements in there, but very diligent lab testing to mark mm-hmm. whether we're progressing or not. Now of course there's symptoms with this, and a lot of it was also symptom management. So for sure. there were some prescriptions for itching and
0: okay. So know. some 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 just. Pharmaceutical yep. stuff as well. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now, he also had lymphatic drainage, just okay. coincidentally. Sure. The You know, the liver being the big detox organ. For sure. We, we wanted to use the lymph system to drain out any type of toxins the liver had to fight.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And then how long? did this process for him take?
1: So this was the wonderful part. It really was only about four months. Okay. Very fast.
0: Yeah, that is. that sounds fast.
1: Yeah. Now, and- I want to make a little note here that this was not like chronic 40 years of hep C or hep cancer. (laughs) It wasn't like that. Or like
0: (laughs) this guy was a high functioning alcoholic for years. Right, right.
1: right. So it was something that was a quick onset and that's why we were able to work
0: through it as quickly as we did. For sure. So how, in in this process, how long, because you had to have had some sort of like time cap, right? Where you're like, at this point, I'm calling it off. Right. Like how long were you going to give yourself or how long was he willing to give you to fix this before he was like, you know what? This ain't working. I'm getting like, let's, let's get the transplant.
1: Right. Um, It was a matter of watching his numbers. So we would monitor, of course, liver enzymes, but um, PTT and INR, which are your clotting times. Okay. So if the liver stopped making clotting factors. Mm and the blood became too thin, mm-hmm. then it's time to go. Gotcha. So we monitored that, and we just watched the trends. I think I was drawing his blood like every week or two. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, fortunately it did peak, and he was pretty miserable for a while there, but we um, we got that one particular number where he was out of danger. It, it peaked and then started coming right back down. So okay. we were
0: okay. That and he had full, full, full reversal, full recovery.
1: It was beautiful to see. He was a yellow man.
0: Oh, so full on jaundice, full on jaundice. Yeah,
1: and he looks great. He and also there's a lot of weight loss and fatigue, and just yeah, uh, it all reversed. Wow, yeah, it was great.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, so, um, wow, yeah, it's it is crazy. Well, and it's kind of it's crazy what. I mean, how long is your average visit with the patient? New patient, hour and a half. Okay. Follow up.
1: Follow ups, thirty minutes.
0: Yeah, good luck. I would I would I would challenge anybody listening to see you haven't had thirty minutes with your with your primary care doc. I Yeah. I don't think anybody listening has ever had thirty unless that guy's got no patience, right? And or she has no patience and like he's not, you know. Got nobody on the, on the back end, right? Right. But like, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I took 30 minutes with a provider, right? Right. That was like in traditional.
1: Yeah, the problem. Family practice. It's it's. I I want to say it's not really their fault well, if no, they're in an insurance based practice. It's, it's the system. It's the system.
0: Right. Like David and I've had this conversation a bunch, and, and other people like most PTs, most physicians, most practitioners, mm-hmm. providers. They want to be good providers. Right. They just can't be because the system that they're in. Right. And they've got to, in order to be able to get overhead, make payroll, take care of staff, pay for the lights, pay for the equipment. Right. Right. The insurance reimbursement is so low. It is. And so they have to just turn and burn.
1: And there are also a lot of rules behind insurance and this is the backstage stuff patients don't necessarily see Mm -hmm. but they are paid in eight minute increments
0: oh you guys are paid in time physicians
1: well i don't take insurance
0: no no but but most physicians are paid i thought they were mostly Mm -hmm. procedural codes
1: well it depends what they're doing but if you're just talking about an office visit yeah with your family doctor it's in time
0: oh i see i that Mm -hmm. i didn't know because we're paid in time Mm-hmm. We're 15 minute codes, Okay. 15 minute time codes. Right. And so like if you were a commercial payer, let's say I was, let's say you're in network with Aetna or Cigna, right? You came in, you saw me Cigna and we got, yeah, so we have a contract. Cigna is going to pay me $68, whether you're here for two hours or whether you're here for 48 minutes. Oh wow. Cause they are only paying 68 $68 (laughs) dollars and they're only paying for like four units
1: right right
0: and so it doesn't matter right and so that's and then and then they're like going to tell you yeah you only got like 20 visits this year you only got 12 visits this year so the insurance company dictates how many visits you get for pt so that's why oh yeah to the patient yep to the patient so that's why so that's whether i can justify it or not they are only going to pay for 20 or 12 or whatever your plan says. Right. Right. So they're driving your healthcare, not you. Absolutely. So eight minute.
1: Wow. Yeah, that was, so that was in my residency. I did a, an integrative residency. So I was partially in a naturopathic office, partially in an OBGYNs office that took insurance. Yeah. And that's what I saw back then. I don't know if the time numbers have changed, but it was eight minutes back then.
0: So you want to hear something that, might make your blood boil.
1: Ugh! All right,
0: embraced. So, I don't think um, I don't think people realize this. So, your insurance company—this one is a particular story about Cigna. Your insurance company hires medical doctors, M.D.s, to act as medical directors, and they're supposed to review your case. So, when they they're supposed to go, this was necessary, this wasn't necessary, this follows the terms and the rules or whatever, this one doesn't. Do you know in January, this is 2022 alone, how many claims do you think Cigna rejected? Ooh, You can see the answer, but.
1: Is it in the thousands? Yeah.
0: It's in the hundred thousands. Of thousands. They rejected 150,000 claims. In one month. In one month. One woman... Well, let's just look at it this way. How much time did they give to each case? On average, how much time was given to each case to review?
1: Two minutes? Five minutes? Less. Oh. What was it? Try
0: again. One more time. Just try again. Less than, less than two minutes.
1: So 30
0: seconds. 1.2 seconds. What? Go F yourself, Cigna. <gasps> Sh- oh. like go to, so they didn't do it. Go to hell. They didn't even open that stuff.
1: It's like Fred Claus. Yeah. In no, Fred Claus. 100, like they're all good. 100%.
0: 100% all so they, they had a, a system in play that could basically, one woman herself, re, so Cheryl Dupke, okay. rejected 60,586 claims by herself.
1: And she probably got an efficiency award or something.
0: 100%. So they had a system set up in play that they could do 50 at a time in about 10 seconds. So here's what one of the doctors said. Um, doctors of major. So I'm reading this off of a Twitter thread, ProPublica, if you guys want to go look at it, but doctors at a major U.S. insurance company deny tens of thousands of claims a month without even looking at a patient's files. Quote, we literally click and submit, a former Cigna doctor told ProPublica in capital form. It takes all of 10 seconds to do 50 at a time.
1: That's horrific.
0: Go to hell. So people think all the time. So I deal with this a lot where we talk to people and I go, Hey, just so you know, we're hundred percent out of network. I just yeah. want to be clear with you. We don't bill any insurance directly, but the reason why we do it that way is so that we can spend maximum time with you. We, every appointment is an hour. You're never going to get pawned off on anybody else. And we're actually doing things that are going to make a bigger difference for you. Really stim, right? Really hitting you with stimulus that you need to make changes. Right. A lot of the time people, you know, most, a lot of time people are like, they get on board with that, but I do get a lot of people like, you know what, my insurance doesn't pay for it, so I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna go do what my insurance pays for. People think that their insurance company wants to help them. People (laughs) think their insurance company is your friend. Mm -mm. Why on earth would you give the insurance company the ability to dictate to you and your provider how much or how little care you can have? when they're not even looking at this crap like it pisses me off like this is the, like this is a hill i'm willing to die on and it's the reason yeah. why i left the model that i used to work in and we started this
1: i am 1000% with you and and if people think the solution is more insurance, yeah. it's more of the same thinking, like having someone behind a desk tell you what's best for your health care and they haven't even looked at your chart yeah. or your face.
0: Yeah. And you think that you're going to get better care. You're, you're, you think your physician, your physical therapist, your whoever is going to give you better care when every single year those insurance companies and Medicare start cutting reimbursement? Mm-hmm. No, they're not going to do it. They're not going to give you. That's why you're seeing the rise of you're seeing How many people go see a PA instead of their physician? How many people see, and I'm not, because I go see a nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. for some stuff, but like you're not seeing people, right? You're not going and seeing the medical professionals that you think you're going to be seeing. Right. Right? And this is, again, nurse practitioner. I I actually have some nurse practitioners who I've seen that I love better than any medical doctor I've ever seen, right? Right. But like the the system is such that, are you kidding me? Like, so this guy, he was, so Nick Van Ter Hayden was puzzled when Cigna told him it wouldn't cover the cost of a simple blood test, which it deemed, quote, not medically necessary. That's, well, the that's phrase. weird because the provider who's actually on the case and evaluating this guy goes, no, I need this guy to have this blood test so I can figure out what the hell is going on with him. This was a clinical decision being second guessed by someone with no knowledge of me. That's what this guy said.
1: I had this happen to me last week, and I'm not even contracted with insurance, but I do try to run imaging and labs through my patient's insurance whenever possible. Mm -hmm. And I know the rigmarole, like if I really need a CT, you probably have to go get an x-ray first, you know. You have to walk up the- Why? Because the x-rays are cheaper, and they don't want to pay for a more expensive um, imaging They want you to do the cheapest thing.
0: I know. But CT CT and and x-ray are going to tell you two wildly different things. Yeah, exactly. And and you're not going to see, like...
1: So I always try to leap ahead. You know, like, this is the thing we need. And um, anyway, long story short, obviously, it was rejected. And the patient was not allowed to get their CT. No. Of course not. I I lost it. I'm I'm like, okay, just go f and treat the guy without any information. Just go do that. You don't need any information to treat people. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. Well, so this guy who had his his blood test was one of the people that this Cheryl Dupka rejected. Mm. She didn't even look to deem if it was medically necessary. She batched and denied. And most people don't know that if you get denied, they think that's it. Right. So you have a lot of times you have to resubmit two, three, four times. And, and and then your provider's not gonna get paid for three months. Mm-hmm. Like It's true. Come it's, on. It's it
1: is one of those things I agree with you. I will carry that banner. I have stayed late at work, filling out those forms, explaining yeah. why it's medically necessary, send in the chart notes, do all the stuff. This is it's very time consuming to try to get insurance to pay for stuff.
0: It's crazy. Like and and you might have just been better off sending your person to go get a CT and have them pay cash for it. Yeah.
1: So I do, I actually have a really good um, network of resources for private pay people. And it's a lot of times for this, they have insurance or it's catastrophic insurance. And I even have people with no insurance. So I do have a actually really good list of resources. If you all listening out there need places to get less expensive imaging, it's available. You can do it.
0: So check this out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this <laughs> is so stupid. Do you know what the average cost with insurance, or uh, with yeah, what the average cost of an MRI is in this country?
1: Cost to whom? Cost to the, the
0: patient? So the average cost for an MRI, yeah. Oh, okay. What, what, what the average?
1: Six hundred.
0: Thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So with insurance, MRIs typically run between five hundred and a thousand bucks. Mm, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Do you know how much it cost me to get an MRI without, so I had this whole surgery, Mm -hmm. cash pay. Really? Cash pay, biceps, tendon rupture, and repair.
1: Good for you. All right.
0: My MRI, $315.
1: Paying out of pocket.
0: Just with no, I said, Hey, I'm cash pay, no insurance. How much is my MRI? $315.
1: We should just do that every single time.
0: Yeah. You, you want healthcare costs to come down in this country? Stop taking insurance. Wow insurance should be like automobile stuff right like you, you, you ding your car you don't go file a claim right right now you total your car or you have some massive thing happen right. to it you file a claim right right three hundred fifteen dollars so all, that's awesome I, I was all in on this surgery for six thousand dollars that's great that paid the anesthesiologist that paid the surgeon that paid for the MRI, that paid for every single follow-up visit because that was rolled into the, the physician's fee for the surgery, and that covered the surgery center.
1: So I bet that was a privately owned surgery center, right? It was. Okay. That's what we need more of. And they're they're going to happen. I think that is the future of healthcare. It was
0: owned by the, like several physicians yep. who perform surgery there. They owned the surgery center.
1: I had heard of that in Texas. There yeah. were a couple cardiologists that did that. Mm-hmm. They're doing like, open-heart surgery, and yeah. it's private pay, and mm-hmm. it's like... 10 grand. They still
0: take insurance over that surgery center, but they Mm -hmm. also, you can pay cash. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Oasis. Orthopedic. The. Oasis. Orthopedic Arizona Surgical. I don't know what it is. Oasis Hospital. Yeah, there we go.
1: It it was much less complicated than you were trying to make
0: it. It it stands for something. (laughs) Oh, okay. But it's another, like, privately owned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's another. There we go. And they just do orthopedic procedures. That's all they do. Private pay. Uh, you can do both. Or both. both. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd love to share resources with you because I, I agree. This is like the way to go. People need to, I call it quarterbacking your own health. Yeah. You have got to be in charge of your own health and not just go along with, well, the insurance said I can't do that. Or, well, this is all they'll pay for.
0: Yeah. There are options. Pretty interesting. And, and here's the thing. Then doctors become, they they start pra- they stop practicing medicine and they start practicing insurance navigation. Right. Like my dad, so my dad is 70, he'll be 73 this year. He's 72. My dad had a knee, had some real knee pain stuff going on. Um, Didn't warrant getting like, didn't warrant a surgery. Didn't warrant a total joint replacement, but did need some stuff. And so my dad's talking to the doctor and he says, so what do you think we should do about this? And he says, all right, well, we should probably do like some hyaluronic acid. There's some other options here. We got hyaluronic acid we could do, right? We could do a cortisone shot, um, hyaluronic acid, or like PRP. And my dad goes, well, what do you think I should, what, what, what would you recommend? And he goes, probably some hyaluronic acid. And my dad goes, that wasn't the question I asked. He's like, well, he goes, why, why hyaluronic acid over the, my dad's a dentist, you know what I mean? Not Mm. a real doctor, (laughs) just like I'm not a real doctor either. Right. Doctor physical therapy. Yeah. But he goes, uh, he goes, so why, why, why hyaluronic acid over the others? I'm just curious what, why? He said, well, because your insurance probably won't pay for PRP. And my dad goes, okay, forget costs, forget PR, forget insurance, all that crap. If this was your knee, mm-hmm. what would you do?
1: There you go. That's the question.
0: And this guy goes, or he's like, if this was your dad or whoever, like he goes, Oh, PRP all day. Yes. He goes, then why are you trying to give me this? I want the PRP. And he yes. goes, Well, it'd probably be, you know, seven hundred dollars or so, five, seven hundred. My dad goes, I don't care. Right. Give me the PRP. I want the thing that's gonna fix my knee. Right. Or it's gonna be the most helpful. Yeah. So like even physicians now are like, oh, I'm gonna do the thing that insurance is gonna pay for. I'm gonna recommend that.
1: Yeah, it changes our clinical thinking. Yeah. That's dangerous. Well,
0: yeah, because you're having a bunch of guys who are more interested in pro- like that. And and the other thing is it's crazy is I think physicians are afraid mm-hmm. that if they don't take insurance, nobody will come see them.
1: It's tough. I it's tough to not use it, you know, you're constantly having to Market, get your name out there because that's how people find doctors, right? They either ask mm-hmm. their friends or they go on their insurance and they see who's covered. Yep. But, so you better have good friends.
0: But I think here's the <laughs> other thing, if, and that's an education problem. Right. Right, that's an education problem. We have providers have to be better at educating people about really what healthcare is, I think. And that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest with you, there's only two, maybe three physicians who send me patients. Mm, really, I I don't even market to physicians anymore. Do you know who sends me patients?
1: Other patients.
0: Other patients, who personal trainers, mm-hmm. CrossFit coaches, um, yoga studios, running stores, people who are actually like building these relationships and treating kind of our or working with our desired population, right? Because. Physicians again—they're stuck in this, in this insurance model—and and thank goodness Arizona is a direct access state for PT, right? We are primary care providers.
1: Ah, got when it, it.
0: When it comes to musculoskeletal disorders, I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. When it comes to movement and musculoskeletal, I know more than everybody else. Except for maybe an orthopedic. Like, and, and the only thing he knows different is maybe he knows internal anatomy a bit better. Mm-hmm. But I would go toe-to-toe with any orthopedic surgeon about movement analysis and what's happening. Yeah, definitely. Right? So
1: meaning a, nobody ever needs a referral to come see a PT, right? Nope.
0: Now, their insurance may require one. Mm.
1: Right. But the law doesn't. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? Yeah. So if
0: you want to get paid, right, if, if, the, if the insurance company wants to pay your claim, your insurance company may require a referral. Yeah, but th- But the law doesn't. And so, I mean, thank goodness, right? Because this is what happens. Physicians go like this. Oh, where do you live? Mm -hmm. I live here. Cool. Here's a list of like 20 PT places. This one's probably closest to your house. Mm -hmm. PT is PT is PT.
1: Oh, so not true. Same with any provider, right? It's so not true. So those relationships are super important.
0: Yeah, like physicians, I know for sure, like not all physicians are created equal. I've been to some, Mm -hmm. like, and I know that not all naturopaths are are the same, Right. right? Like I had a guy, naturopath. And I'm not painting all natural naturopaths with this brush, but this guy, this guy had me on super physiological levels of test. Mm. I was 1,400. I was testing at 1,400. There you go. Yeah. Pros and cons to that, I'm sure. Edema, pitting edema for three hours. Ooh. Like not resolving for three hours. Yeah. Estrogen through, the, like terrible. Not well managed. Not at not all. But the yeah. guy was like, oh, these are, I, like, I like these numbers. I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel like, I feel terrible, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you've got to talk to your patient. It's all about how the patient feels. The numbers should back up what your patient is telling you.
0: Yeah. Like, I I did the other day. I requested, like, hey, I'm like, we did some numbers. My testosterone, I think, was, like, around 650, 700. Nice number, right? And they were like, well, how do you feel, man? I'm like, honestly? I'm okay. Mm-hmm could be better yeah and they're like what well, are you doing the other stuff I'm like yeah and they're like okay well let's see like because the ratio of like total to free i think wasn't quite right mm-hmm. he was like all right well let's see we let's let's nudge you up a little bit right and i'm like okay i'm like great as long as we're not gonna put me like i'm not competing right like right. in a bodybuilding show but like so i feel but i feel great now, right? My numbers are up a little bit and I feel fantastic.
1: And it's all subjective. So that patient report is so important because depending on age, activity level, um, muscle density, different numbers are going to feel different to different guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it's just a, but it's again, guys aren't bad providers. A lot of guys aren't bad providers. Well, maybe they're just bad providers and that their skills, not that great, but they want to do the right thing. Most guys want to do the most, most providers want to do the right thing. They're just locked in this this system this crap yeah system and so looking at kind of your stuff so you do all kinds of uh, i mean obviously specialty autoimmune disorders things like that you also do just primary care but i'm looking here at some of what you guys offer like iv therapy yeah um a lot of ivs just for general wellness like hey i i
1: We'll do that. If I was people. just partying in Vegas. Can yeah. you help me out? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've thought sometimes about, oh, I should market that, like, you know, bachelor party, hangover IVs, whatever. Oh,
0: you make killing.
1: I probably would, but that's not my clientele. No, that's not what you That's not my, my <laughs> well, patient. And that's not
0: you, right? Right,
1: right. And so, I mean, whatever. It's out there. It's available. They'll, yeah. they'll come to you. But um, no, my, my IVs are actually... You'll see only, what, three or four of them on the website, but... Okay. But they are customized, just like your treatment plan. Sure. So I've got recipes that are everything from allergies to fibromyalgia hmm. to nausea of pregnancy. Like, they're very unique formulas. Yeah. So it does usually depend on what the patient's issue have, is. I
0: should have my wife come see you for some of those. Mm-hmm. Horrific. I, horrific nausea right now during her pregnancy.
1: It's brilliant. It's so good. And then we can always throw some Zofran in there, too. Well, yeah, so. she's,
0: she's on max, She's maxed out on Zofran right now. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for it. like, like she, at one point she was thrown up six, seven times a day. Like yeah, that's she, not good. Yeah, it was awful. Um, and then, so okay, do you do Reiki?
1: So that also is my medical assistant.
0: Okay. Talk to me about that stuff. Okay. Because here's the th- like, because I'm actually trying to get somebody who's a Reiki Reiki master. I think is what they call themselves. Yes. Trying to, I'm trying to get a Reiki master to come talk to me, because here's the thing. That's one of those things that I have a hard time swallowing. I, Which is really funny because also for full disclosure, I believe in UFOs.
1: Yeah? How about ghosts?
0: Yes. Okay. Like I believe in ghosts. I believe in UFOs. I am very religious. Yeah. Right? Like I have faith in God, right? Some, you know, it's been, oh, the flying spirit monster. Like I believe there's a God. I believe there's an afterlife. I believe there are experiences that I've had that would tell me that I've felt my grandma who's passed on. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of that stuff. But then I but see, but, but then I get, but then I have a hard time (laughs) with this, (laughs) with somebody going, yeah, I'm just going to put like, I'm just going to put my hands near you and like move some energy and you're going to feel better. Right. (laughs) Like, so I understand walking contradiction and, 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 wouldn't be a hostile conversation. It would be a very healthy. Skep. I'm coming from a place of heavy skepticism. That's fair. That's you, all right. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. So, but like, but like, so talk to like. Yeah. I, I don't get it.
1: I am not the Reiki master, but I have seen people shift, and that's okay. probably as much as I'm gonna give you. I've seen people shift, and when that happens. Yeah. I, th- I think it would be really cool to talk to the patients for sure. and see what their experience is. But it, it definitely is on that um, more subtle level. But mm. I'll give you an example of that. Why are their hands like barely on them or hovering? Can you tell when someone walks up behind you?
0: Yeah. You sense it. Yeah, my spidey sense tingles.
1: It's that. It's that. And we can train ourselves to be more in tune to it or aware of it. Hmm. And then... uh you know, do something with it, I guess, is sure. the master part. Is okay. what I feel it. So now, what can I do with it? Can I start moving it like lymph? <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's along that line.
0: So that makes a little more sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a little more sense to yeah. me. But I still would love to talk to somebody about that. All right. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do. I think it would be an interesting conversation.
0: Yeah. Like, have you sat down and talked with your Reiki? Master, she about.
1: yeah, she does try to explain things to me. <laughs> You're like, uh, sure. I'm like, so is my CRP going to come down? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so, um, I did have it done. Oh, okay. And what was your experience? Yeah, with for that? me, it was um, an internal shift. Like, literally, felt like bubbles. And I've heard other hmm. people say that that it's something like bubbling up, and so literally, something feels like it's moving. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't believe that I could get high off my own breath.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I full on like went through a portal, saw a firebird, like a thunderbird.
1: Was this the somatic breathing? Uh-huh. Wow.
0: Yeah, had like full on lobster claw hand. Like it was wild. Like, vib- like my face was vibrating. Um, saw colors, saw sacred geometry.
1: All that good stuff and no shrooms. Yeah. See? It was wild. That's cool
0: but also went through a whole crazy gamut of emotions. Like, at one point, I think I, like, was, like, just whatever reason, like, it just rage, screaming, Mm. like, and then next thing I know, I'm just sobbing uncontrollably, and then I'm laughing my head, like, just, and then all of a sudden, like, this weird, just, like, zen. Wow. And then when that, like, when that happened, I... It was very much like this weird ombre, like my eyes were, like I had a mask on, Hmm. lights were off, and it was like this weird ombre of like pink that moved into like this gentle lavender color. It was wild. Wow. Yeah, but then also had some like pretty interesting like self-reflection, self-realization, some sort of weird...
1: Something shifted.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. Like, But it was all like breathing, right? And Interesting. Yeah. So the kind of the idea behind that, and we move off away from it, but um, the idea is I guess these, so there were some therapists that were working with LSD in like the 60s. Sure. 70s. And then, or 60s, and then when the U.S. government was like, yeah, no longer we're letting you guys have LSD, mm-hmm. um, they couldn't do it anymore. They were working with patients using LSD. And they found in their notes and stuff that everybody was breathing a certain way oh. when they were deep in their trip.
1: Interesting.
0: And so then they're like, well, huh, let's try this. So they started experimenting with using the same type of breathing to see if they could elicit a similar, a similar response. That
1: makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no. So th- look, I, I, again, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you like, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong, but I'm always like, ah, it's bull crap until proven on this.
1: I'll, I'll listen to this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it'd be fun. But do you know, breath in other cultures has much more power than we give it in our mm, culture. It's, sure. it's the gatekeeper for prana and chi. Yep. So it, it does, it holds that power it holds that effect on our body and it's a two-way street too for sure so that's interesting
0: so you were talking about NAD. you said nad you said nad well, i said nad but yeah. you're like that's interesting we should talk about that
1: i predict that's the next new trendy supplement hmm.
0: well yeah because and, and believe me i i love rogan as much as the next guy as much as the next bro yeah like i'm a big joe rogan fan
1: right so he's been talking about it so there you go
0: yeah he's he's talking about because that was part of his that was actually he's like when he got the when he got COVID, and recovered in like three days, mm-hmm. he was like, "We threw the kitchen sink at it. We did mm-hmm. high dosage vitamin C. We mm-hmm. did NAD. We did. Iver, and everybody latched onto the ivermectin thing. Right. But yeah, and he, and he talks about getting NAD stuff." And then I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is talking about it, too. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. It's, you know, the longevity molecule. It's Mm -hmm. basically a B3 niacin derivative precursor, technically. But um, the oral forms, like if you get an oral supplement, it's not that. You have to eat the precursor.
0: So intravenously wouldn't...
1: IV, you can get it straight up NAD. Yeah. But that one, it does have the side effects of abdominal cramping. Okay. And yeah. Because that's
0: what... Yeah, because Rogan's like... And those guys are always like getting NAD drips, right? Right. Like, right. Okay. Yeah, we do those. Yeah. So that's another thing that's been longevity. Like Peter Atia is... You know, people are talking about like... That dude doesn't have diabetes, but he's I think he's taken like metformin. Right. Right. Like right. as like part of his longevity stack, is there, like, I don't know, from your perspective, is there like, is it, if you don't have, if you don't have, I got to go back and listen to why he's saying metformin is a thing, but from your perspective, what you know or don't know about metformin, would you say that probably if you don't have diabetes, probably shouldn't be. Taking some do- any dose of metformin?
1: I mean, personally, I wouldn't because yeah. it does deplete uh, deplete your B twelve. Mm. It does distress your gastrointestinal system. Okay, so it's got its side effects. I know it's one of the safer pharmaceuticals, which For sure. handed out like candy, but right, you know, it's um, and it's got a long history behind it, so we know it's relatively safe. But for me, I'd rather go to the purest source possible. So it's like, what are you trying to accomplish with that? You want to speed up your metabolism? Then do something natural to speed up your metabolism, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, Peter Tia, because that's what a big, like, that's his area of focus, right, is Mm anti-aging, longevity. So, like, NAD, he talks about NAD, metformin, rapamycin, Mm -hmm. like, this kind of stuff is, like, part of that on your, um, but then also exercise diet right like this whole right regiment
1: yeah i think there's a place for most of that i to me pharmaceuticals is a last resort Mm -hmm. honestly um one well two pharmaceuticals i'm kind of into like pretty much anybody can try this almost would be the low-dose naltrexone and methylene blue
0: methylene blue love it what's that
1: it's a blue liquid that they can put into capsules or mm-hmm. trochees or whatever, or you can just take the liquid, which is very bitter and turns your tongue blue. It's very fun. Um, but it's, it is in other drugs or used alone for specific conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it basically helps your blood become more oxygenated. Hmm. So think about that. you yeah. you think more clearly your, your tissues function better. You literally have more energy. People feel great on it. So
0: it's a, it's a safer way to blood dope. Kinda, yeah. It I mean, does, kind of. It, yeah, right. blood right, doping right, right. is obviously trying to increase your uh, red blood cell. Yeah, it count won't. Ch- stuff, right, but it you,
1: won't change the counts. Right, but, but it'll more receptive ox- to oxygen. Exactly, okay. oxygen perfusion is better, and it crosses the blood-brain barrier, mm. so your thinking is clearer. Most people do really well on it. Downside is, I please see a doctor first. You cannot take it if you have a G6PD deficiency, which is an enzyme that breaks down. Um,
0: you just get that off of Amazon? You
1: can. I know. I Wait, know. what? I know. Here's my caveats because I love it, but I have to say this. Yes, you can get it on Amazon. You cannot take this long term if you have a G6PD deficiency. And most people don't know if they have that or not until you do something crazy off Amazon. Um, and it also has a lot of drug interactions. You you really should not be on this if you're taking um, don't SSRIs. Say don't, don't say no, I think you're good on that one. Okay. Hydrocodone, um, SSRIs, okay. and many other
0: things. Okay. Huh. So, okay.
1: People have done IVs with it, but technically that is illegal. Oh, so I'm not going to risk my license on that. Just
0: mainline it. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. So here's a, okay. Now, I'm, cause I'm looking here and it says that the lack of that enzyme, right, can cause hemolytic anemia. Like, right. do you always have hemolytic anemia if you have a G six no, PD deficiency? No,
1: not necessarily. A lot of people might not even know if so they have, have this. There's mm, only certain things that would trigger that.
0: So I have my DNA test done, more for like nutrition stuff. Mm-hmm. Would that have it in there? So how do I find Maybe. out? I got G6? because you're just telling me that I'm gonna think think better. And I'm like... I hit, let's try it. Hit me. Hit me with some of that. I love it. I do. I love Pair it. Pair that with my Adderall and let's go to... Let's go. You're going
1: to get some shizzle done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's a simple blood test. Okay. Yeah. Every lab will run that.
0: Right on. Yeah. It's easy. That's fascinating. Um, Okay. Methylene blue.
1: Yeah. And it stays in the system a few days. I... If, if I remember, yeah. <laughs> I take it like once a week myself. Just, you know, okay, let's get through this day. Let's power through. Let's sure. think more clearly. I've got a complex patient, whatever. Yeah, um, I have a couple people taking it twice a week. So definitely I'm running these tests. And,
0: so, okay. Yeah. And so here's the question. So obviously naturopath and you got to, I don't know what time you, okay, we're good. All right. Um, and I haven't had anybody else on here to talk about this, but it would be fascinating, especially being a naturopath. Plant medicine, you know where I'm about to head with this thing, right? Psilocybin, that kind of stuff. Where Microdosing. Mm-hmm. Do you know much about it? I don't. Okay. I've, I so am. Maybe a, not the right person to talk to about it. Right.
1: But. And that's where I was like, there's this whole spectrum of naturopaths out there. Yeah. And, you know, find the one that fits the thing you're after because we practice, we have a huge scope of practice in For Arizona. Sure. It's awesome. So there are people who are going to have more of a focus on that. Um, people do ketamine IVs. Yeah. You just want to make sure you're talking to someone who's knowledgeable. For sure. So
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that was just a question I had, micro dosing, right? And mm-hmm. That's a big thing right now. People, right. And I know people who do it and they're like, dude, you're in the flow state. Right, and like, right. And I'm like, okay, like maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And I wouldn't know where to get it. <laughs> like, Not my area of expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just that was, that was another kind of question that I had. About that, so is there anything like I saw this thing too, so you're mostly the medical naturopathic side you have people who do like the Reiki, I saw some sound
1: yes, therapy sound healing, yin yoga,
0: okay, talk to me about yeah sound so, healing
1: okay, yeah, so just like the umbrellas are. I'm the doctor. I do the primary care, the prescribing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Within my practice, there are other people with their areas of expertise that provide the holistic treatments. Okay, Um, Massage therapist. I've newly brought on an esthetician. Oh, cool. Yeah, So it's kind of everything. You know, I I like that um, holistic everything. Now, I can't do everything. So um, once a month at this point is the schedule for sound healing and yin yoga. Sound healing in, in... our format is the crystal and Tibetan bowls. Okay. So they're basically the notes in the octave. Yeah. Right.
0: Familiar with and, them, right. And they're supposed to each represent a, a different chakra, right? There
1: you go. Yep. And it's very, um, resonant. So they, they're they're good, peaceful sounds. It's not For sure. uh, just dinging bells in your ears, but, uh, there's, you know, our cells operate on a frequency. Everything has a frequency wavelength. And so different frequencies can either harmonize or they can conflict and cancel each other out. So that's the idea behind sound healing in a very tiny nutshell.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, There's a, um, friend guy, I know Jeremy, Jeremy Muddick, he owns a place in Mesa called reconnect mind Mm. body. I don't know if you may have heard of it, may not have heard of it. It's like a, he it's a, it's a wellness center. His whole thing is trying to get people to reconnect their mind and their body together. Right, the in this modern society we don't do enough of that, and that's a lot of the reason why people are sick and don't feel good. Interesting. Yeah. So they do, you know. So it's very much like they have compression therapy, they have red light therapy, mm-hmm. they've got the ice bath, the infrared sauna. But what's different, and what I think is for him, is it's a very much a more um, almost spiritual approach. So like somebody's guiding you through your ice bath. Oh, so Somebody sitting great. there next to you doing like breathing, like there's okay. music, right? They'll play the sound bowl and then they do breath work classes every, I think it's Tuesday and Thursday maybe in the evening. Like I went to one and I was like.
1: Did you trip again?
0: Uh, I did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that I was supposed to bring like, a, like my Snuggie. Oh, like everybody like, is it like blankets and sweats and slippers? And I like dressed like I was going to a yoga class and I like mm-hmm. had a yoga mat. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just laying on the hard floor. Nice. Um, but they played the sound bowls, different frequencies and stuff. They kind of did the sound bath thing with the breathing. But when talking with Jeremy, he was like, yeah, it'd be really weird. Like people will be like, what was that one You there... played this one and like my throat tightened up. Hmm or like I felt sick in my stomach, right? Right. And he's like, well, you know, he's approaching it from a different, but he's like, yeah, so like where in your life do you feel like maybe you're closed off? Like you can't use your voice, like you can't speak up or, you know what I mean? Like, is there something like that? Like, are you, I don't know. But that's, so that's sort of where he's used that. and.
1: I think it's great. You know, I mean, all of this, everything we've talked about is holistic medicine. We're whole beings. So when you combine all of this, you're talking about your physical health, mental, spiritual, emotional, and it's all so connected. You know, the tricky part is there's no one of us that can be an expert in everything. Right. So you do have to have all these different people in your life. Mm -hmm. And the tricky part probably is knowing when do you need what?
0: Yep. I think so.
1: Um, but you know, go try something, go try a sound bath. Well, you know? and that's,
0: and that's the thing, right? Like, so as much as I have kind of like, I had the woo woo stuff, like I, I've told the story a bunch, but they get me, They got me, yep. I went there like, and <laughs> I'm sitting in the ice bath, crying my eyes out, right. Getting this big, huge, like emotional release. Right. Cause I guess I needed that, but like, yeah, it was great. And so now I'm like, I never go do it by myself now. Like if I go, I'm like, Hey Melissa, can you like, can you guide me through like warm up and like. Mm. Like, guide me through the thing, because I don't want to do it alone.
1: That's what makes it therapy, though. Yeah.
0: It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. So, no, I, I, I 100% agree. I think, and, and a lot of what you do is holistic, right? It takes mm-hmm. into account all the different factors, right? You're trying to heal the person. And we're a brain and a spirit and a body, right? Right. And sometimes we need to just listen to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, similar to, like, kind of what we do, right? We obviously, we treat people's bodies but man, I can't say how many times I'm working on somebody on the table and they're like, I don't know why I just told you that. Oh yeah. I've never told anybody that. Wow. I don't know why I told you that. I'm like, I know why I told you that. Because you're you need to get rid of that. Yeah,
1: it's part of their healing process. Yeah. Like you so had, great. You
0: had to unload that thing and now you're in a vulnerable position and you're getting some release and some work. And so that's so yeah, I know why you did. <laughs> right? But like
1: Yeah, but what a treasure for you to recognize that because not every practitioner has that ability it's you're doing verbal reiki dude
0: yeah i mean yeah i guess (laughs) yeah you're moving the junk what's even it's interesting like we had somebody so we do have you ever had dry needling done
1: well i learned acupuncture and i do acupuncture so i would have to say no because i think it's they're they're, different methods
0: they're different same same implement different um Essentially, philosophy, okay, and behind it, right? I think whereas like acupuncture, and you you've done it, so I is more about like meridians, chi, energy, right? Yeah, um,
1: individual points do specific things. Yep,
0: we're looking more at it from a perspective of trigger point release and stimulating blood flow. Yeah, all kind. good things. Yeah, yep. Um, but I had a lady, uh, uh, a person in here, and we. She was having hip pain and stuff. And so I went after her psoas. That's deep. Oh, yeah. And we got big, like... Crocodile tears? Twitch. Mm. And huge release. And then 15 minutes of, of weeping.
1: There it is. Brilliant. Like,
0: and I remember her going... And she works in an industry where she's got to be kind of... Right. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. got a no nonsense. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I got to be tough. I got to do this thing. And she was like, I don't know. I, I, wow. And she's like, I can't, t- she she, like, she said, I can't tell you the last, she goes, I don't remember the last time I cried. And, I, and she said, I don't remember that. I'm like, this is, but, but this is why you are now. I said, just because, just because you no longer feel the feeling. Mm hmm. Doesn't mean that you processed it.
1: There was trauma stuck there. Like
0: you just took it and you like, we're going to stuff it right down here in my psoas. Yeah. Right. And, and you got this big release of this muscle, which triggered like your sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous nerve system, the whole thing. Right. And for 15 minutes and she left and she still was like, and I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Like you're not, you're saying like, this is fine. This is totally normal. Like, we just tried to keep reassuring her, letting her know that this was okay, and then I tried to. I checked in with her the next day, so I was like, "I should make sure she's okay." Right. And she goes, "I was." Said, "I went home." She goes, "I slept the rest of the day." Wow. She goes, "I slept the rest of the day." She's like, I was "Profoundly sad the rest of the day." She's mm. like, "I was profoundly sad today." She's like, "I still feel depressed." Interesting. And she's like, and then later she told me she. Said, it took me about two or three days. To pull out.
1: You, do you think she needed another needle? Like just dig the rest of that stuff out of it. I
0: think she... I think it all got let go. Mm-hmm. And she had to confront it. And mm. just had to actually process whatever that was. Right. And it took a few days. Right? I think that's what that was. Because later, um, she's been great. <laughs>
1: like, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. So like this is... It is, right? This is wild thing where... It crosses over. This is health, though. Like
1: mm-hmm. we really, the most any of us can do is usually on the surface, the physical body. Yeah. But every now and then, you get that magic moment, yeah. and that's what it's all about. For sure. It's So cool.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's. I think it's great. And so um, we were also we're going to talk offline because I would love to have you come down and do like a. Th- sat or whatever where we do hey we're gonna do some IV stuff we're gonna do some of that stuff you'll be here and people can come check it out yeah. and actually get to know and meet you in person and and so i think we should do that but uh let people know kind of where they can find you either on the internet on the web or just yeah plug all the things
1: all right I did just relocate. We talked about that briefly at some point, yeah. I think, but uh-huh. um, the office is fantastic. I mean, everyone's, the patients especially like, this is so serene, this is so peaceful. Can I just come in here and lay down and yeah. <laughs> watch the ducks and the turtles for a while? Yeah, It's beautiful. So we're really blessed that way. We're in Dobson Ranch, so okay. it's right off Dobson and Baseline and all the freeways, you know, uh-huh. 60, 101. Uh, it's living good health. That's so, EN though, right? Live and good, yeah, L-I-V-E-N, G-O-O-D. Health.com. So there it is. Um, The website, as everybody knows these days, is always a work in progress. So uh, there's just so many things that we do. But just call us. We love to just chat and tell you what we do and ask us, you know, am I a good fit for this, that, or the other thing? Yeah. The office number is 480-495-0007. We do telemed. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. And I can do um, consultations across state lines. So that's not considered diagnostic or anything sure. like that. But yeah, we do telemed. And we've got a great network of pharmacies and, uh, you know, as we talked about, free services or low-cost services for private pay patients. So Very cool. Um, easy to easy to find us get a hold of us one of the things our patients love and i think are actually a little spoiled on is our response time for sure we will answer the phone or we will call you back same day so it's surprising yeah that's hard to come by these days yeah very
0: cool well awesome well this was great i'm so glad you came down
1: thank you Greg. me too all
0: right